Hey nerds, my name is Will Wheaton and you are hearing me talk. It is Earth Day and to celebrate, I am making my recording outside. One of the benefits of doing these stories cold and doing them without any editing or production is that I can take advantage of this beautiful, sunny, warm, glorious day we're having in Los Angeles and I can sit on my patio and read from an actual paper book. The way I've been doing these is to go to Project Gutenberg and then read off the screen in my office. But I have this actual book printed in 1970 um, that, uh, uh, that I got, I I can't remember if I got this at a bookstore or if it was an eBay purchase, but um, uh, I'll get to some details about it in just a second. But I'm able to sit outside. It is my sincerest hope that uh, in addition to uh, my lovely voice, you can also hear the birds, my dogs, um, and uh, some of the sounds of beautiful life. I think it is important that we remember that in these very dark times, there is still beauty in this world and beautiful life still goes on. So today's story is called The Coffin Maker of Carbunari. Um, it is from a book called Supernatural Strangers by Robert Trollins. Let me read for you the cover. Uh, bizarre, incredible meetings, messages from beyond. Here are fully documented facts behind the world's most phenomenal creatures. Published here for the first time, 50 documented reports on the world's most fantastic beings. This carefully researched volume brings to light all the most mystifying stories of the modern world, all 100% true. Here are people with weird paranormal powers, beasts from beyond, and deathly apparitions from hereafter. And here are the innocent victims whose lives have changed beyond recall by unexpected, terrifying visits from supernatural strangers. First time in paperback, published by Popular Library. When I was a little boy, I loved, 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 loved stories like this. I loved the Leonard Nimoy TV series In Search Of. When I got a little older, I loved the Robert Stack series, Unsolved Mysteries. I loved Ripley's Believe It or Not. I intuitively knew that most of these stories were just stories, but I loved, and I still love, imagining that they are real. I loved the world where ghosts exist, where spirits exist, where psychic phenomena is an actual thing. None of it is real, but boy, is it fun to pretend that it is. So I love these books. I have a ton of them. I have an enormous library of um, supernatural, paranormal, occult things that were published in the... Uh, the, probably most of them were published in the 70s and early 80s because they're ones I had when I was a kid. And I even have the entire Time Life library, which I think is called like Mysteries of the Unknown or Secrets of the Unknown or something like that. Anyway, um, because this was published in 1970, it is obviously not out of copyright, but I believe that the book itself is out of print. And if Robert Trollins or his estate want to come after me for giving away one of his stories for free. Uh, that's a sacrifice I'm willing to make for you, the person listening to this recording. Anyway, I hope that you enjoy it. It's very short. Uh, and if you like it, leave me a note. I'll do more of these. I'll do more little shorts like this and, uh, and release them in the future. Okay, have fun. Bye. Record, huh? This is The Coffin Maker of Carbunari. 
Two brothers from a small town near Carbunari, Romania, had a good reason for leaving their home quite suddenly one day in the summer of 1961. They had no wish to become customers of the coffin maker from Carbunari again. For over 30 years, each time that old carpenter had entered their town with one or more newly made coffins in his horse-drawn wagon, someone in the Pavolescu family had died within 24 hours of his arrival. The brothers Pavolescu, the sole surviving members of their family, were convinced that the coffin maker, known as the carpenter from Carbunari, was not a carpenter at all, but was instead a harbinger of death for their family. The first time the mysterious carpenter appeared in the village was in 1930. He arrived, driving slowly through the main street of the village with one large and one small coffin riding in the wagon behind him. As he rode to the market in the village square, many of the superstitious crossed themselves and avoided meeting his gaze. There was something ominous about the black-mustachioed man and his cargo, and the villagers wanted nothing to do with him. Yosko and his brother Stepko were mere children at the time, but they recalled vividly how the old crones in the village fled from the market when they saw the man with his strange wares. Like other normal boys everywhere, Yosko and Stepko dared to venture near the place where the carpenter had parked his wagon after unhitching the horse, and they stared in awe at the coffins. As they sat watching the strange old man, they were both overwhelmed with a fear they could not explain. They remembered the time when they had gone through the burial ground at night after several of their playmates had dared them. They were experiencing the same feeling of dread which they felt when they were in the graveyard that night. The coffin maker and his coffins frightened them. The next day, Yasko and Stepko were in the forest with their father, an uncle, and a cousin, chopping wood and felling trees. The timber was to be hewn for the construction of a new barn for their father's employer. Suddenly there was a scream. One of the big trees had fallen upon the uncle and the cousin, killing them instantly. When the bereaved family got over their shock, someone realized that the deceased were being buried in the two coffins which the undertaker had obtained from the coffin maker. By then, it was too late. The uncle and cousin were already buried in the only coffins available in the village at that time, the one large and one small coffin which the man had somehow known to bring. It was as though he knew in advance what two coffins would soon be required. The mysterious carpenter was not seen in the village again until eight years later, on February 11, 1938, the day after King Carol II abolished the Romanian democratic constitution. On that day, Yosko and Stepko, then grown into husky young men, happened to pass through the marketplace just as the man was unloading a large coffin from his wagon. Then, as before, both brothers were overwhelmed with a sense of foreboding and a gnawing sense of something unearthly. Yosko, however, being much less timid than his brother, approached the carpenter and asked where he was from and why he had brought a coffin to sell when one was not needed in the village at the time. I'm from Carbunari, said the man with the mustache. I am here to sell this coffin, for one will be needed very soon. Although Yosko was tempted to question him about his remark, he backed away and rejoined Stepko. There to their utter incredulity and amazement, the carpenter's prediction proved true. Early the next morning, the aunt of the Pavolescu brothers, Anna Pavolescu, suddenly died. A year later, the carpenter returned, this time unloading a child-sized coffin from his wagon. 
When the villagers saw him, they at once herded their children into their homes and kept them inside. They did not have to be told that the carpenter had brought coffins twice before in advance of someone dying. They now knew he was an emissary of death. Even though the village council had met to discuss whether or not they ought to chase the coffin maker and his grim wares out of their village, no one dared to accept such a task. On the afternoon following the coffin maker's arrival, young Stefan Pavolescu, Yosko's and Stepko's youngest brother, fell from the roof where he had been keeping a coop of pigeons and was fatally injured. He died shortly thereafter, and once again the coffin maker's arrival had foretold of impending death in their family. The coffin maker was not seen in the village again for nearly ten years. He arrived on the morning of February 3, 1948, and was observed unloading a newly made coffin in the marketplace. When news of this reached the Pavolescu family, they tried to laugh it off and contend this time the coffin was not for any one of them. But contrary to their wishes, a death occurred again. Mrs. Katie Pavolescu, the mother of Yosko and Stepko, suffered a stroke while preparing dinner in the kitchen of their modest home and died. Once again, the carpenter's timely arrival made available a coffin which would be needed by the Pavolescu family. Almost a year to the day later, the carpenter arrived again, and once more, he unloaded a coffin. Less than 24 hours later, Yosko's and Stepko's father died. This was too much. The boys set out for Carbonari the day after they buried their father in search of the mysterious coffin maker. When they reached the town, they questioned everyone, but no one had heard of him, though some people had heard of the strange visits a certain coffin maker had been making to their village. The carpenter who had said he was from Carbunari was nowhere to be found. Stepko and Yosko returned to their village. As the years passed, they no longer talked about the strange harbinger of death. One morning in July of 1961, someone from the village went running to warn the Pavolescu brothers that the coffin maker was once again unloading a coffin in the marketplace. Upon learning of this, Stepko and Yasko loaded their wives and children into their truck and sped from the village, vowing never to return. Several weeks later, when they received a letter from friends, they were dumbstruck to learn that a second cousin, a young girl in her 20s, had suddenly died within 24 hours of the coffin maker's arrival. Once again, the coffin which the carpenter had brought was needed. Today, Yasko and Stepko Pavolescu reside in a city in Romania, far from the village of their birth. They do not wish it to be known where they are now making their home, for fear that the mysterious coffin maker may one day find them again. <laughs>